The devil hates everything about Christmas. He hates the love, the joy, and the peace that surround the coming of the King. He is truly the original Mr. Grinch, and he wants to steal the wonder of your Christmas. I'm Pastor Jeff Shreve, and today we're going to learn how to enjoy Christmas to the full and keep the devil at bay. Well, in Luke chapter 1, just a few verses, verses 39 through 45, we have the, the account of Mary, who had just been visited by the angel Gabriel, told that she's going to bear the Christ child. And she responds and says, well, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel tells her, well, the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you, and you're going to have a holy offspring. He's going to be called the Son of God. And she responds and she says, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, the, the doulos of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Now, the angel had given her uh, a, a little bit of encouragement in that he said, and here's a sign for you, your relative, distant cousin, your relative Elizabeth, who was barren. Elizabeth was somewhere in, in between 60 to 84, She's advanced in years. We don't know how old she is. She never had any kids. She couldn't have any kids. She was barren. She was sterile. And so if, if we say that advanced in years can be anywhere from 60 to 84, I'm 60, and so we're not going to say she was 60. We're going to say she was older than that. Uh, so most Bible scholars would say she's probably in her 70s, probably about 75. Can you imagine at 75 having a baby? Well, she was pretty excited about it, but it was there's like, whoa, this is pretty exciting, and uh, it's also a lot. And so the angel Gabriel tells Mary, now, your relative is in her sixth month, and she who is called barren is having a son, for nothing will be impossible with God. And so when Mary hears that news and says, behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word, then the scripture says this, verse 39 of Luke chapter 1, now at this time... Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it came about when, that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed among women are you, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Three insights that I want you to see wrapped around the question, are you letting the devil steal your Christmas? Insight number one, the devil is a thief, as Jesus said, who wants to steal your joy. Now, as we read that account, what jumps off the page is the joy. The joy of John the Baptist, six months in the womb. He had so much joy. He was 
leaping for joy, jumping for joy. And the story of Jesus and the coming of Jesus is joy. The coming of Jesus, as the angel said to the shepherds, for I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So we talk about the joy of Christmas because it is a joyful time. Now I want you to think about this. So here is Mary, and she receives the message, Behold the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. And immediately she takes off to see her relative Elizabeth. Because for Mary, you know, you ask the question, well, why did you immediately go see Elizabeth? There wasn't anybody who would believe her and her story. Joseph, who was betrothed to her, well, he didn't believe her. How could you believe the story? I'm pregnant, but it's not what you think. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, no, no, the, the power of the Most High came upon me. Now, if, as parents, if you're if your daughter told you that, you'd be like, I ain't buying that, you know? Uh, that's not how that works. And so she knew nobody's going to believe me except Elizabeth because she's had a miracle too. So she leaves Nazareth. Now remember, Mary's about 14 years old, 15 years old, probably at the, at the max. She leaves Nazareth and makes the long journey to go to the hill country in Judah. It's about an 80-mile trek between where she is in the north in Nazareth to go way down south to Jerusalem or even deeper, even uh, all the way down to, to Hebron. And so it's a long journey that she has to make. Very unusual for a young girl like that to make the journey. She probably went with some other people or had some other people go with her. Uh, we don't know. But she went in haste. And she is freshly pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And I don't read where there was any feeling with that. It's just the word that the angel gave to her. But as soon as she enters into Elizabeth's house and gives a greeting, the baby leaps for joy in her womb. And then Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and she had joy from the baby having joy from Mary being there who was carrying the baby Jesus and just so fresh in her pregnancy. And it is an exciting time. The coming of Jesus is good news of a great joy. And the coming of Jesus is a joy that trumps every trial, every trouble, every problem, every heartache, every pain. When you get your eyes off your troubles and problems and heartaches and pain, and you think about the Savior and get your mind on Him that just trumps everything. Now, Paul, in prison, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, wrote these words in the uh, ERV version, always be filled with joy in the Lord. I will say it again, be filled with joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Now, when you're in prison in Rome, it's not, not really an exciting place to be. It's not where Paul wanted to be. You know, he says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me so I can handle any situation that he puts me in because he gives me strength. 
It's not where he wanted to be, but even in the midst of bad circumstances, he could choose to rejoice in the Lord. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Now, those aren't people watching us. Those are people who have gone before us, Hebrews 11, the hall of the faithful, and we have their testimonies there for us to say, hey, they made it through. They trusted God. They're the hall of the faithful, and and their testimonies are surrounding us. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How did Jesus get through the horrors and the agony and the excruciating pain of the cross physically, mentally, emotionally, and most of all spiritually. How did he get through that? Who for the joy set before him. He had the joy set before him. He was seeing what was on the other side. That's how he got through it. He wasn't focusing in on the the difficulty. He was focusing in on the Lord, his Father. He was focusing in on what this was going to produce, and he was paving the way for us to come to know him in a real and personal way and spend forever with him. As the song says, while he was on the cross, you were on his mind. And so what do we do with that? You're here and you're going through heartache and and pain and difficulties and, and things are just so hard for you right now and you say, I don't have any joy. How do I find joy? Well, you get your eyes off your problems and you get your eyes on the Lord And when you can't rejoice in circumstances, you rejoice in Him. We lose our joy, and the devil, we allow the devil to steal it from us when we start to focus in on all the difficulties of life. And when that happens, we need to recognize it. Hey, the devil's got me distracted, and I need to get my eyes back on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. So the devil, number one, is the thief who wants to steal your joy. And secondly, the devil is a thief who wants to steal your blessings. Not just your joy, but to steal your blessings. Now, in the account we just read, the the things that jump out at me, joy, because John the Baptist is leaping for joy. And may I just say, John the Baptist at six months in the womb is a person. He's a person, just like he was six months out of the womb, just like he was when he was 30 years old conducting his ministry. Jesus is freshly conceived, and he's a person. Life begins at conception. And so we stand for life. Why? Because life begins at conception, and those little babies... John the Baptist, here's something so cool. So he has a job, and it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 15, that he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb, and there's the evidence of that. And his job as the forerunner of Christ is to pave the way for the Lord Jesus and point uh, the people to the Lord Jesus, and he starts his job six months in the womb. 
Man, that's starting early, right? I mean, you hadn't even been out of the womb yet, and you're doing your job, and he's letting his mother know this is the one. You know, Mary didn't tell Elizabeth. When it says she greeted Elizabeth, she didn't come in there and say, Elizabeth, it's me, Mary, I'm pregnant, but it's by the Holy Spirit. That's not, that, that's not her lead foot, right? So she just comes in and says, Elizabeth, it's me, Mary, and boom, there's a greeting, and there's the excitement, and the baby is leaping for joy, and then Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Blessed among women are you, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. So these ladies are together, two pregnant ladies, and there's joy, and there's blessing. And the devil is a thief who wants to steal your blessing. So remember this, all blessings come from the Lord. If you've been blessed in any way, it's from the Lord. The Bible says in James 1.17, every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. God is the blesser, and he blesses us even when we don't deserve it he just that's just who he is some people say well you know i did it i made it on my own i'm a self-made man uh god didn't do any of this i did it myself oh yeah well who gave you the strength to do it who gave you the ability to do what you did who gave you the the brain power to do what you did The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Why? Because the breath in your lungs is a gift from God. It's a blessing from God. God doesn't owe you anything. He doesn't owe me anything. He just gives because he's a good God. And all blessings given must be believed to be fully received. So Mary is blessed. Why? Verse 45, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. She believed God. And as I told you, when the angel said, the power of the Most High will overshadow you, you know, we like to think that, you know, it's kind of like when God does a miracle, you know, it's going to be uh, abracadabra, alakazam, you know, he's going to say something or he's going to wave his hand or something like that. No, it would, how does Jesus do miracles? A lot of times he would just say, go, your son is healed. There's no, where's, where's, where's the rat? Pull the rabbit out of your hat. Do something that would be like, uh, you see that sign in the sky? There's, there's a, you know, a meteor that flies through the sky. Your son is healed. You know, and, and then it's like, yeah, that, I saw that. He doesn't do that. And so when the angel Gabriel told her, you're going to have a son, the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you, I don't think there was any sign. There was not any feeling. She didn't feel different. She's not all of a sudden, you know, in a convulsion state and like, oh, I know this happened. No, it's just, uh, okay, be it done to me according to your word. She gets confirmation from Elizabeth who got confirmation from John the Baptist. And then the Holy Spirit begins to work. The baby leaps in Elizabeth's womb and then she's filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she realizes and says the thing she says to Mary. And then Mary gets that confirmation from the Lord I really am pregnant. Now, I've never been pregnant. And apart from what the 
liberals in our world believe, men don't get pregnant. Hey, you know, uh, that's just, it ain't going to happen, right? Um, but I know as Debbie's gone through four pregnancies. And so I know that, uh, you know, at the first, you don't know. So you're taking tests. Why? Because you don't know if you're pregnant. So if you're just, if you've just been pregnant for, uh, after conception, maybe it's been 10 days, you wouldn't know. And there's nothing outward that's going to show you that. So she just believed the word. And blessings given must be believed in order to be received. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. You remember when Jesus was at the tomb of Lazarus and he told Martha, roll away the stone? Lord, I don't want to roll away the stone. He's been dead for four days. Lord, he, he stinks. He's not just dead. He's stinking dead. And Jesus said, did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Roll away the stone. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Now, how do you know that she believed? They rolled away the stone. That's how you know that you really believe. There's action to the belief. Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. How do we know that Abraham believed God? Because he left his home of Ur of the Chaldees and he went to where the Lord told him to go, to the promised land, to Canaan land. That's how we know he believed God. You say you believe God and you don't act upon that, you don't really believe. And so... If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Romans 15, 13, favorite verse of mine. We're calling this series The Thrill of Hope. What does the Bible say about hope? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How do you have all joy and peace? It comes in believing. And if you don't believe, you won't have all joy and peace. Did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? If you believe, you will have all joy and peace, and your heart will be filled with hope. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, a great verse. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, who has blessed us. It doesn't say who will bless us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It says he's already done it. He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing, not material blessing, although material blessings uh, often come to us, but it's a spiritual blessing, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit. And God has already done that for His children. And see, if we will start to pray and we start to claim, you know, you've heard that name it and claim it. Well, we can't name it and claim it. God has to name it. And when God names it, then you can claim it. Then you can believe it and say, Lord, you promise. God loves it when we do that. He loves it when we pray his word back to him and say, well, Lord, you promised your peace. You said I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. So I'm writing a check right now and cashing in on the peace that you said is in my account. And so I'm trusting you for it. Isaiah 26, verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. 
The devil wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your blessings. And lastly, the devil is a thief who was defeated at the cross. We need to remember that. He's the thief who was defeated at the cross. Now, Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man, when the Lord comes down after Adam and Eve had been deceived, or Eve deceived by the serpent, Adam uh, ate with her. He wasn't deceived, but he ate with her, and they, they fell, and the Lord comes down. Adam, Adam, where are you? I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord says to Eve, what is this that you have done? The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And then the Lord says to the serpent, he curses the serpent. And he says in Genesis 3.15, it's called the proto-eongelion, the, the first gospel, the first piece of good news, and it was spoken to the serpent, to the devil. And he says, it says that the seed of the woman is coming, and you will bite him on the heel. And he's going to crush your head. Genesis 3, 15. Now, when did that happen? When the Lord came, born of a virgin, the seed of a woman, because a man wasn't involved in his birth, and the seed of the woman grew up, and the seed of the woman went to the cross, and the seed of the woman said, it is finished, paid in full, and he breathed his last. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And when he died on the cross, he crushed the serpent's head. And the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And so Jesus won the victory for us when he died and rose again. And we walk in his victory as we resist the devil by faith. See, the devil is a defeated foe. Jesus defeated him. He crushed his head. And to the Christian, the devil has no power. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And so the devil has no power over us. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He can't steal from you unless you let him. He can't kill you. He can't destroy you. Your soul is secure in the Lord. But now the devil doesn't give up. Just because he can't uh, steal your soul and send you to hell, he can steal your joy, he can steal your peace, he can steal your blessings, but he can only do that if you let him. And see, as we walk in the victory the Lord gave us and we resist the devil, then the Bible says he flees from us. Peter said this, be of sober spirit, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He wants to gobble you up. But resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. You resist him. How do you do it? Firm in your faith. You believe the word. You believe what God says. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And as the scripture says in James chapter 4, but God gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Resist the devil. That means you stand up to the devil. 
And when you stand up to the devil firm in your faith, standing on the word of God, what does he do? He flees. And that's how you do battle with the enemy. We submit to God. Lord, I'm going to do it your way. Uh, not my will, but yours be done. And I put myself under your, your lordship. And I allow the Holy Spirit to fill me. And then I stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And he has to flee. Hey, is the devil stealing your Christmas? Is he stealing your joy? Are you letting him do it? Stealing your joy, stealing your peace, stealing your love, stealing your excitement. Have you taken your eyes off of Jesus and put them on your troubles and put them on your problems? Are you losing hope for a better tomorrow? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God has done some great things from his heart in 2023 through friends like you as together we've proclaimed his word to a lost and dying world. And I believe even more is possible in the year ahead as we boldly seize every opportunity to connect more people to the loving heart of God. That's why we're asking for your very best year-end gift by December 31st. Your gift today will help us close out the year on a strong financial foundation so we can share the message of hope and the good news of a great joy. The Savior has come. Now, as thanks for your year-end gift today, we're excited to send you a copy of a brand new daily devotional book I helped write called Everyday Joy and Peace. It's filled with God's Word, an inspiring devotional message, and a heartfelt prayer for each day in 2024. It's a beautiful keepsake book you'll cherish for years. Thank you for responding today to help share the good news of Jesus with more people and change lives for all eternity. The brand new year-long daily devotional book, Everyday Joy and Peace, is our gift of thanks for your calendar year in gift today. You can make your gift when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org. And thank you for joining us to share the good news of Jesus with the world. My friend, as we come to the close of the broadcast, I want to ask you, do you know for certain that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior? If not, today is the day for you. Just ask the Lord from your heart, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I can't save myself, but I believe that you are God in the flesh. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. I surrender my all to you, and I promise to follow you all the days of my life. My friend, if you'll pray that kind of prayer and mean it, the Lord will come in, and your life will never be the same. We would love to hear from you, to know that you're watching, to know that God is using this program to make a difference in your life, to know that you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. Please contact me, and we will help you and pray for you.